0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Challenge Unity Podcast. I'm Chris Lawson. As usual, I'm joined with Jordan Wolfe. Uh, Jordan, we're already in episode number
1: two already. I can't believe it! What a journey! <laughs> Feels like I we know. just started this literally today.
0: Maybe it was tomorrow. Maybe <laughs> it was yesterday. I don't know how time works. Well, I, I think what's crazy about the this whole podcast experience so far is that you know you, you invest so much time, effort, money, thought, power, you know, into all your tech and your process and then you go to record and your podcasting software dies or you can't get your camera battery to last longer than, than four minutes. Um, just doesn't seem to always work the way that you want it to work.
1: just got to dive in the deep
0: end as they say for most things. That's exactly it. Well, you know, as agency owners, um, we're always speaking to clients every single day, trying to challenge, you know, challenge our agency to, you know, think outside the box. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning after having probably about three or four different calls with different businesses that are trying to figure out their marketing mix for 2023. Um, there have been so many changes in analytics, in algorithms. You know, networks are being purchased by by billionaires. I mean, it's kind of the whole world is kind of changing as we head into 2023. And um, I started thinking about not only the clients I was speaking about to or talk to today, but but also some of our larger clients that we started working with even a couple years ago where they were implementing social media strategies and had no bloody clue as to how to actually get results. But even with that, they had no idea how to measure. They they literally thought that just creating posts would get results. Um, and frankly, they would never tie them into their, their business objectives at all. Um, I know at Atrium we've called those those metrics vanity metrics. You know, you know, trying to get away from these these KPIs and metrics like I don't know impressions that may or may not have any impact in in their business development or or in their actual revenue. Um, you know, like what? How have you found that on the strategy side? Like, have you actually found the clients to to dive deeper into that, or are they still stuck on vanity metrics?
1: I mean, as as marketers, we're professionals in the game of marketing, but that doesn't really mean much uh, month to month. That can mean a different thing and it's really easy to get lost in the woods about you know you hear things like you need traffic you need clicks you need likes you need etc cetera, etc cetera. but unless you're matching Absolutely. that to the business model's objectives you're kind of just picking some random thing that people are talking about in the moment um, and that's pretty common I, I mean it's not something that you can really um, at the base expect people not to, to do ever uh, we all fall into it we all you know find these little excuses to <laughs> be a little lazy about why we're doing the things that we're doing but if you really take the time to think about it a lot of the time a metric to get followers on the, the face value of followers doesn't make a lot of
0: sense. Oh totally totally and, and you know it's you know I even think this topic of vanity metrics is one of those things that people aren't talking about enough. Um, I think everybody that we talk to every single day knows enough about social media but the reality is they don't really know how to operate it for a business. Um, what would, you know, at least for me, I, I think of followership. I, I just I think that is such a useless KPI for most businesses. Like when you're diving deep into the the marketing strategy side, and you know you're actually dealing with you know tying the objectives that these operation or opera you know you know operations managers or, or you know marketing coordinators are trying to you know, dive into. Like what are you finding you're looking at the most?
1: Well. I, you know, it's not so much that uh, followers are like a bad word or anything like that. I don't want to when we're talking with clients or when I'm working on a one of our clients projects, you know, followers might be the legitimate thing you're getting in the end. But unless you know the steps that led up to that and why you need that um, impacting the business, you're kind of just setting yourself up for a lot of activity, but not necessarily a lot of benefit for the business. Uh, as an agency, that's really important because we've got to get results. So yeah. if we're not, yeah. you know, hitting the bottom line at some point, you know, we we get, you know, canned as a business or any agency would. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, followers is not the wrong thing. If you think about the audience engagement, you want an engaged audience and you want more of them to be following you. But really in that sentence, engagement is the thing you're really trying to influence first and make sure is in place so that you can kind of build from there and build from a good foundation. So we spend more time in strategy really thinking about who is the audience? Where are they? How do we really engage with them? And then they will become followers. They will become the thing that grows the size of the the followership or that little you know, number that we all like to look at at the corner of
2: our profiles. Yeah. Well,
0: it's kind of funny that for, for anybody who doesn't really know, you know how we operate at Atrium, at least between the Chris and Jordan part of the business, um, I'm in charge of initial strategies, so my job is literally to talk to people who are coming in saying, "Hey, I want leads," and then they'll say things like, I, "You know, run my social media. You know, I want 150 posts per week." You know, the reality is that my job is to help, you know, take their expectation of ROI and actually place it into a program that's going to get results for them. Which means, you know, analyzing data and looking at scope and things like that. But then what happens is that those clients will, you know, become people that we work with every single day and then Jordan's got to deal with them. Do you find the learning curve, though, um, like I know the learning curve is so steep for some of them when I'm initially talking, talking to them, but do you find the learning curve is, is quick once they get on your side of the fence or do you, do you find it's just it's constant?
1: Well, I mean, in our situation, thankfully, we have a Chris and yourself doing the kind of hard break at the the front end before I usually talk to them. So they've mm-hmm. kind of gone through the the ringer a little bit on going like, oh, I need social media. Why? Why do you need social media? Oh, I yeah. need followers. Why? Why do you need followers? And we can really get to the core of that. By the time they're talking with me, that's usually not where their mind's at, thankfully. Um but I mean, as a podcast listener or, or somebody watching what we're talking about here today, um, if you're a marketing professional or you're a business owner, it, it really just takes one moment to kind of check yourself on the Kool-Aid that you might be drinking in the moment and going, well, I just was on my LinkedIn feed and I saw social people talking about followership. I'm all yeah. jazzed up about it, but you know, why <laughs> take a moment, really step back and go like, well, where does that fit in your business model? And then how does it get to the bottom line? Is that going to bring more sales? Is that going to bring more brand recognition? Is it going to help you earn thought leadership? Those are the things that are much more the point you should be thinking about when you're developing a strategy, as well as when you're talking with an agency or you're building a team.
0: Well, I think it's it's also, you know, in addition to what you're saying, it's about being realistic. You know, um, you know we were talking to a business, uh, Mitch, part of our team here, we were talking to this individual who um you know we've we've worked in the jewelry industry here at atrium for i don't know 3 years 4 years you know with some pretty large players and this this gentleman you know has a storefront he's been you know um, in the jewelry industry for 15 20 years but a brick and mortar business and You know, as we were talking to him, he was talking about all these different things he wanted to do. He wanted us to help him with the social. He wanted to focus on organic search and he wanted to focus on, you know, a variety of ads. And frankly, he didn't know how any of that worked. He just heard these words. Um, But where the unrealistic part came in was his expectation of what he needed to invest or what that minimum level of entry was. And I was helping him to understand that, you know, companies like a people's, you know, they're known for spending a ridiculous amount of money, possibly seven figures a year on their marketing. And he came in thinking he could spend $500,000 on ads, or the like PPC ads, and it was going to make a massive impact on his business. There, You have to be realistic with understanding the algorithms, you know, how those individual platforms are going to work. Can you reach your audience with that network? And then more than anything, um, your budgets, if you don't have enough budget, frankly, it's not going to get you past 8.30 in the morning because it's going to be gobbled <laughs> up, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I know we've gone kind of from social followership, which is more organic most of the time, to now talking a little bit about advertising. But the, the same logic goes. There's, there's a lot of vanity yeah. metrics in advertising as well. Like, it, you know, having people visit your website as traffic with ads is very easy to do. Um, getting people to visit a site uh, with a compelling ad can be huge you know thousands or tens of thousands of visits to a site but if you didn't have the right audience you didn't have the right motivation as to why they were there the landing page is not going to convert it's not going to make the sale it's not going to become a lead it's not going to do the thing that the business model needs Uh, a lot of our clients um are across a variety of different industries. So we get, we get a little bit more exposure about the different situations, but at the bottom line, whether you're selling e-commerce or whether you are, um, you know, B2B industrial trying to find that next, mm-hmm. you know, big job that you, you need to send your sales rep to, um, shake, shake some hands. You, you have to make a connection with a real person. That's going to have an objective that aligns with their business and with your business or their personal life. It's a product or service and your business. And, um, that's where breaking yourself of this habit of, you know, viewing the, the world through these vanity metrics is something that uh, we really strive to, to put that out there in the universe, I guess, at this point.
0: Well, you know, all that being said, um, you know, these vanity metrics need to be tied to business objectives, which is a lot of what we do when we're doing our initial strategies, You know, because we want to make sure that from day one, you know, clients aren't measuring us as an agency for the wrong thing. Um, but when they come into speaking to us the very first time and they say things like, you know, hey, I need some leads. And and frankly, not just leads, but consistent leads so that I can start, you know, I don't know, leaning on on my marketing mix to actually make decisions for my business. Um, They often will come in expecting a platform, a program, a certain methodology to accomplish something that it's not really intended to do. Um, And depending if you're, you know, direct to consumer, you know, B2B, whatever, um, that's gonna be very different. You know, but the question that I have for you Jordan is I'm being honest like, like can social media as a platform it doesn't matter if it's TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn can it be a lead generator
1: definitely um I mean you're basically going to somebody's you know I guess, more personal side, when you're going to social media, that's a place where they are giving a piece of themselves, whether that's LinkedIn, where it's more professional piece, or it's Facebook, where it may be a little bit more family and friends and, and interests. But once you have an idea of where that overlap of that Venn diagram between your business and their life or their business and your business is, um, you know, the the impact your business is quite obvious at that point. Uh, marketing is a way to make sure that that's visible that that's making that connection that it doesn't just happen on its own. Uh, you do have to kind of open conversations and get people in the same place that have alike needs or alike, Mm -hmm. um, interests. And that's where social media plays a huge role. So, you know, sometimes that's thought leadership that plays a big part of people's marketing mix, uh, or different businesses we work with. Sometimes that's going to be more direct to sales, but it's a little softer than say advertising where you're, you might more often than not trying to be making the sale or, you know, keep somebody in that sales cycle process.
0: Yeah. Well, and we were talking, you know, earlier today, um, just some of the team, you know, like a lot of people, uh, frankly, a lot of agencies have a hard time differentiating organic, social, and paid. You know, like it's like yeah, sure, you can boost some posts, you know, you know, increase some exposure, you know, get some more brand awareness, get, you know, maybe some more followership. It's a great way to, you know, expand that sphere of influence, you know, we we call it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, running Facebook ads is more of an online advertising, you know, strategy than than it is a social strategy, you know. But I think the great part about, you know, social organically versus social through a paid online advertising, you know, perspective is you can start hitting your, you know, ideal audience through key identifiers at very specific parts or points within the buyer's journey. So, like for example, you know, if you're trying to drum up some awareness and start getting, I don't know, people who don't necessarily know about your organization or frankly if they even know that the need or that they have a need for a problem that they're facing you can drum up and create market through some some you know facebook ads or linkedin ads but what'll end up happening is the organic side of it will come through more on the consideration side of the buyer's journey because they're now trying to go okay I've, i came through your ad i know who you are you know i'm checking out your site but you know let's learn more you know how legit is this organization you know i'd like to see some case studies or some some more you know information on their product or whatever the case might be you know i think placement in the journey is is a very important discussion
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, social media can be a very large part or a very small part, but at some point or another, you know, we're all on one or two or three or 10 social media networks these days. <laughs> yeah. um, so understanding where we are in the journey and which ones are relevant at which point is going to be a huge part of whether that's part of your funnel, part of um, something that you do regularly, or if that's just part of a campaign that you're doing, that's a yeah. unique situation that you're trying to apply for your for your business or um, something you're trying to do like a product launch or Like, like you said, building a new market can be an important way of using that as a tool.
0: Well, the truth is too, is that, you know, if you're selling a product that's more, I don't know, more relevant to the average Joe, you know, maybe you're selling shoes or, you know, makeup or natural health products or whatever the case might be, um, you know, algorithms and, you know, policies of platforms aside, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to justify using social media as a lead generator or as a or as a method to, to have conversions come on your site, you know, being e-commerce or whatever. But it's those B two B or those more industrial, you know, manufacturing, millwork type companies that I think have a real hard under hard time understanding how you can actually utilize those platforms as a lead generator versus how you utilize those platforms to help nurture your audience or create a you know you know frankly in, improve your attrition and retention rates and all that kind of stuff throughout the year. Um, you know, especially for those markets where there's seasonality. Mm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, B2B businesses, like you mentioned, or industrial, even it's a little bit cleaner, um,
0: yeah, they're
1: going to have a situation where they want to be salesy, uh, all the time, but depending on the social network, that's not really what you're supposed to do there. You want to be genuine. You want to find an overlap that may not be, I want you to be my customer or here's my product or here's my service yeah. kind of beating them over the head. It might just be, we're interested in these things. So are you, um, we have an overlap in the goal that we have as a mission or, or as a business. And you might identify with that in, in that environment. So, you know, looking at going to where they are, not where you want them to be is mm-hmm. a critical understanding on anything we do with social media, uh, organic yeah. or paid.
0: Yeah. Well, especially when we live in a world where nobody wants to necessarily hang their hat on your brand without understanding what you stand for. You know, where how do you stand with the environment or a very mm. specific cause or you know, you know, especially with indigenous you know groups. You know, how that stands with environmental and and you know oil and gas or whatever the case might be. So, um, social has a big big part to play in corporate culture. Um, you know, if you if you're trying to you know let's well, be honest. Find the best employees within your industry, within your geographical area, those individuals are not gonna leave a job right now that is paying them well in a world of uncertainty as we head into 2023, mm. just because maybe you pay another five, ten percent more. They wanna see that you they you know, you, you have an organization that can help nurture their growth. Maybe there is they can climb the ladder, maybe it's gonna help them start their own thing in the future. Um mm. I guess I'm going with that. Is, is I don't think social media um, is limited to one or two objectives for an organization. I think it can do a lot more, but it's going to come back to number one, your operational goals. Number two, being realistic on the plat- with what platform and how you can actually achieve that. And then the third part is proper measurement. Back back to what we originally talked about with these vanity metrics. You know, if you're if you're trying to you know make yourself be perceived as the best employer in, I don't know, West, you know, a certain state or, you know, you know, central, you know, Manitoba or whatever the case might be, you know, at the end of the day, there's ways that you can get that messaging out there.
1: Yeah. In in a way you've said what we we have internally is a lot of the lingo we use is there's Mm. three different things to this. There's the strategy, there's the tactic, and then there's the outcome (laughs) and each of them need to be considered. But I mean, you could probably tell some stories about people coming in with one of those things where that's their starting point. And they're like, I want to do TikTok, you know, uh, videos. <laughs> Great. That's a good tactic. But unless I know what the strategy is or what the outcome you're trying to do is, it's kind of meaningless. Same thing. You come right. in as I want followers. We talked about that earlier. That's an outcome. Or the strategy is I want to use social media. Yeah. Great. But what tactics and what outcomes are
0: we looking for? That's, well, I- uh, that's always the trick. No, you're right. And and I think the other part of it too that no one really talks about is internal capacity. You know, TikTok's a great example. You know, you could even add YouTube or even parts of Instagram in there with with, you know, the production of video content. More content is not necessarily the answer. Beating people over the head with more content is 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 not really going to solve a problem. Quality a lot of the time and making sure you're hitting people with quality at the right time is going to make the impact. When you're dealing with with TikTok, a lot of that content is less corporate, a lot more personal. Um, there's a lot of trends, a lot of you know silly things that happen on there. It may or may not be right for your business, but at the end of the day, you know, like we we've worked with you know events management companies and speedways and stuff like that where TikTok is brilliant. Um, but at the end of the day, that internal capacity to be able to produce video, you know, get your team out there to you know shoot races or to get you know content going is often daunting when you're just running around trying to operate the business.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we've covered quite a bit in in a short period of time going from, you know, talking about vanity metrics to the, the benefits and really outcomes that, uh, you know, people are using social media for to lead, you know, build leads or to generate business or make sales. Um, yeah. You know, to, to kind of round this into something that's going to turn into value out of people listening today, uh, we, I think covering the, the ways you break down problems and, and look at just, you know, you come in with one starting point, everybody does, they're coming with their bias, they're coming with whatever they heard last or that thing that got them energized and excited about it in the first place. Great. But now it's a matter of like, where does that connect the dots to your business? So mm-hmm. sometimes there's two or three steps between the business and that idea and, Spending some time to just kind of lay that out on a piece of paper or in a discussion like we're doing now um, with a colleague can be a great way to make sure that you're coming into those ideas a little bit more rounded, understanding their value, and then being able to decide, you know, specific yeah. tactics you're going to use to, to achieve them.
0: Well, and I think that also works whether you're a business, a non-for-profit, you know, maybe your topic there is, you know, trying to get more donors or, you know, trying to get more volunteers or, or just an awareness about something or a municipality Like it really doesn't matter what you're doing, what your cause is. I think relevancy is key and being realistic and and on top of that, measuring everything you do so that you can pivot from the data.
1: All right, so we've made it through the first part of the podcast and now we've got some guests. So. Our first uh, guest today is actually going to be a good partner of ours. Uh, We met, you know, quite a number of years back, but I met him way, way back. Um, Parnit Dilwari is actually an agency owner like ourselves and uh, has a lot of experience working in similar and overlapping areas, a lot of web design, a lot of performance-based and growth-based businesses working with him to work on everything from social media to advertising uh, and beyond. So a lot of overlaps and knowledge and a great guy to hang out with and uh, chat with. Uh, Also a good uh, middle school um, (laughs) student to be sitting next to back in the day. So uh, I'll be introducing- You were cheating off of me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. I can't remember, it's a long time ago. so yeah, I, I think what maybe what we'll be doing in today's chat is to maybe rehash some ground of where we, you know, started our professional um, careers overlapping was um, really at a time where we we're coming to some some similar conclusions about how the marketing world had evolved, some of the advantages and pitfalls that we all fall into as agency owners, as marketers, um, you know. And really the question that I was running through my brain when we, you know, connected professionally was, you know, are marketers really doing this wrong? Are we, you know, looking at the objectives in the wrong way in some fundamental level? And I know you and I had lots of chats about that. Um, You know, to me at the time the the cracks were really showing everywhere as far as how marketing was approached. You, you know, uh, I guess this going back six years ago or or, or so, you had... A lot of creative agencies working with clients and you'd get this returning cycle of clients that were really excited. They'd work with a creative team that creative team is really talented. They know what they're doing. They're having a lot of fun in the, at the meantime as well. They come up with a, an excellent campaign. It launches, you get a million views, great followerships, achieves all the goals and you know, everyone's popping champagne and it's a great day. But the problem then happens the next day when that client Talks to the agency and says, Great, I love what you guys did. Do it again. And that's where the cracks really started showing. Um, You know, as an agency, you're all scrambling. You're going, Yeah, no, no problem. We'll get it done. And you get to work. And maybe it doesn't quite turn out the same way. Maybe it doesn't hit all the same boxes. Maybe it performs a little bit. But inevitably, you repeat that cycle long enough, you're going to end up in a situation where you can't repeat that success. And that has resulted in some widespread. Uh, things in the marketing industry where agency attrition is huge. If you had applied that attrition rate to most any other service business, uh, you'd find it pretty miserable. And that was something it's I was a, struggling with model. as an agency owner myself. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say it's a failed it's a failed model at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're losing fifty percent of your business every single year, like you're you're never in the position where you're making dividends. You're never in the position where you can scale your business or trust that you know the numbers coming in. You know. You know, we talk about attrition a lot of the time when it comes to clients, what about staffing? You know, you start losing your mm-hmm. staff, which hurts the product, it hurts the service you're providing. Um, and frankly, the the cost associated with um, going through agency after agency, you know, the the baggage that you bring along with you, the um, not just not just the baggage, but the the opportunity cost that's gone, the the amount of money you've spent in ads or whatever you're trying to do, it's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And I don't think it's actually a topic that that any, that people talk about enough, frankly.
2: No, definitely not. And you know, frankly, the attrition rate—if we historically look at our our industry—if that existed in other companies, heads would be rolling, mm-hmm. um, and, and it wouldn't be acceptable uh, in 100%. our clients and uh, in our clients' companies at all.
1: And that, that's for some huge agencies, like. Big Banner AAA agencies that have attrition rates that in any other environment would be oh, horrible. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of look at that situation, you take a step back and you go like, w- what are we even doing here? I mean, we're, we're fairly prideful people to some level. We we are in marketing and that's fun and all and it's a great industry to be in and thanks for that. But. You know, at the bottom line, we want to do things that impact people positively. We want to do things that make a difference and that actually get the results that we were hoping for. And if you have clients that are basically voting with their money at the end of the day and moving agency to agency to agency, and then you talk to those those businesses that have gone agency to agency and they're angry at everybody (laughs) because none of them would be able to get what they want, Mm -hmm. then we must be doing something wrong as an industry. We've got to be looking at the wrong problem or trying to solve the wrong problem. That's why. I-, I think,
2: yeah, I mean, uh, sorry to cut, cut you off there, but I think what uh, our industry tends to do is to educate the client and say, hey, this is the metric you should be looking at when the client is looking at something completely different. So it, you know, if we're looking at like a top of funnel conversion rate and the client is looking at the bottom of funnel uh, conversion rate and th- they're com- comparing our, our, an agency's performance to the bottom of the funnel, uh, we could be out to lunch and get fired the next day because we haven't delivered. And I think that's, as marketers, uh, we fail to ask clients uh, what they are actually measuring our success on. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, um,
0: I, you're right. And, and we, we, we were actually just talking about this earlier you with know, the topic of vanity metrics and things like that. But really it's about honing in on the KPIs, the things that really matter mm-hmm. in those campaigns, that are legitimately anchored in the objectives of the organization, right? These are more yeah. operational discussions more than they are marketing discussions. And, you know, I, I don't want to say all agencies are like this because I, I I know there's a lot of amazing agencies out there, but a lot of your smaller well, totally. agencies, specifically, they don't dive deep enough into the business modeling with those companies. They'll jump into the creative they'll jump into the plot plot fizz fizz the I had a you know a shower this morning and had this epiphany of some campaign we can run and it's not anchored in data it's not anchored in human behavioral patterns um and and it's those sexy things that marketers do frankly that you know the average Joe running a business or whatever gets excited about because it seems fresh and new but it's like Jordan just said it's it's extremely hard to replicate the success that comes from those things yeah. Oh, big
1: time. Like right. creativity, like there's nothing against a creative agency. Um, no, not at all. we don't necessarily operate a creative agency ourselves, but you know, creativity is part of what we do. It is part of the process yeah. and good creative work will deliver better results, period. However, creativity in itself does not necessarily give you what the business needs, which is consistency. If I, as a business owner uh, who has to budget things and hire people and make investments and make sure that the you know, places I'm placing these bets are going to get a return. I can't rely on an agency that may get amazing thing one month and nothing another month that doesn't allow me to do what I need to do to operate a business, to make the money that we need to make or to grow or to achieve some of the missions that we have. If it's uh, you know, a, a more global focused business, those types of situations of building consistency, using creativity is going to be much more successful if you're building off of a fundamental foundation first oh,
0: totally. and then
1: having that epiphany and, you know, launching it out of the park with some brilliant creative idea, but it was built on a fundamental first. And I think we skip yeah,
2: agencies a lot of the time. We do. And I think one of the, uh, you know, important questions to ask uh, any potential client, um, is what, uh, what, what they're hoping for us to achieve. Are, are they looking for, you know, the number of leads are we that we're getting? Are they looking at uh, how much they're selling at the end of the day? Because I know some of the uh, the enterprise clients that we work with, uh, they're not concerned about you know the top end leads how many how many are coming in the door, um, but they're more concerned about how much product are they selling. And if if that's the case, we have to get them the highest quality lead at the top of the funnel so it converts into a sale at the end of the day. So we're not wasting their money on ad spend, and we're not wasting our time being creative because, you know, that's what we all enjoy doing. If we want to be creative, we have to understand uh, what we're going to deliver to that client.
0: Well, it's Mm -hmm. funny that you say, you know, we should be asking clients what they're looking for. Um, I feel like when I'm talking to people on the initial strategy side of it, it's actually the other way around. They're telling me what they want. The problem is, and we've learned this, and Jordan, you know where I'm going with this because we talk about this like every single day with every client. What they tell us is not actually what they want. They have no idea. Yeah. They don't they don't know when they say hey we need leads i need geographical growth i need more conversions on my website i need i need to rank better you know for you know i'm not number 1 on google for what term like <laughs> your website should be ranking for thousands of terms in your industry like what do you mean you are oh i am number 1 on google for what but these 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 ideas that you know and in as marketing coordinators you know cmo's it's it's business development people it's Operational staff, general managers at C levels, it's, it's everybody. I want leads. I want to grow. I want to hit a certain revenue target. The truth is, when we hit it, they think that's where it ends. It's the consistency factor that helps you scale your business, decide what you're going to do with your staffing, your facilities, let alone marketing budgets. You know, uh, let's be honest, what are they really doing? They want to talk about dividends. Can I actually go in and pull out X amount of money at the end of the year and feel comfortable that going into Q1 of next year, more money's coming back in the bank account? The consistency yeah, factor is sexy everything.
1: When you, it's not as sexy when you realize that the thing you do as a marketer is drive consistency, but that is really what's going to hold you accountable to your job if you're a marketing manager or director or coordinator or VP And the CEO walks down the hall and asks for Mm -hmm. these things, you still got to be on that page or you're going to lose your job. If it's an agency, that's where that attrition rate comes from. You know, if you deliver consistent results for a client, they will never leave you. Period. And that I think is, you know, the North star that that's the viewpoint that, you know, back then when we had our discussions, that's what, you know, my mind, the light bulb went on and said, Oh, we're consistency people. (laughs) That's what we have to do. (laughs) That is the thing we need to be obsessing about day in and day out. Then it comes down to
2: tactics and creativity and things you apply on top. Oh, big time. And, you know, uh, I like to work uh, with clients that, you know, stick around for years and years. It's As an agency, it, it's it's harder to uh, basically bring on the masses and try to deliver success for every single person. But, you know, if you look at the clients that you are bringing success to and you bring consistent results, yeah, they're not going to leave you because you're giving them exactly what they want and at, a, at the, you know, at the price that they wanted at.
0: Years ago, um, my mom uh, was a marketing coordinator for a monster company, and she built these relationships with different vendors, uh, one of which was um, here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, just a local print shop, a small print shop. Um, I almost want to give them a shout-out just because they're that great, but the, the experience that she had caused her, when I needed to start doing print work, to go to them. And I remember calling this individual and said, hey, I'm the son of my mom. And he went, oh my gosh, how is she? How are you to do? And there was this personal relationship. As agencies, those personal relationships do matter, but it is not what's going to sustain the relationship long term. As I continued to work with this organization uh, or this this company, they banged out print work at such a high level and Frankly, it was a little, you know, pricey. That's okay, because they did it in at, like, the best quality and the fastest anyone would have done it in the industry, which is what we all want, right? But I learned something. In addition to, like, this consistency model, you know, trying to make sure we're getting consistent results for clients, they were a delight to work with. Every time I called back, he knew who I was. He gave me the best service. And I know at Atrium, I always tell the staff this all the time. If you are able to get consistent results for your clients and also be extremely enjoyable to work with your client will never leave and like parneet uh, if people don't know parneet very well there's two things i, I always tell people about parneet he is he's a he's a he's a bear he's he's the most cuddly nicest guy in the world every client raves about parneet every staff does um, you know everybody loves parneet he's one of the most Honest, go-lucky, charming people, quite attractive. But the reality is he always provides value with all that charm. The second thing I tell people is he's a diehard Taylor Swift fan. He is the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world. I I was going to bring up some (laughs) quotes or sing a song or something. But, um, yeah. So I I think, number one, like the consistency factor is everything. I think, Jordan, you're absolutely right. I, I think marketers are viewing the objective wrong. I think that if we were to flip that and just provide a nice, friendly face and not provide the consistency, your attrition is, is shot. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Big time.
1: Yeah. No, no I know, uh, you know, kind of to sh- change gears here a little bit, uh, I introduced you, uh, Parnit, earlier as being an agency owner. Um, acceleration driven is, is the agency that, that you run. And, you know, you've got a, a variety of different services you're, you're hitting, but you're also working with a variety of different scales of businesses, just like we do. Um, yeah. so you kind of get a yeah. pretty good lay of the landscape that's out there. Um, you know, have you noticed a change as we start to plan into 2023,
2: uh, in, in attitudes or, or elements? Um, yeah. So, uh- you know especially going into 2023 there's really uh two uh really attitudes i would say that i'm seeing one uh our smaller clients are worried about what 2023 is going to bring but they're also excited about it and on the flip side the enterprise clients are full steam ahead okay. they're you know they're forecasting record growth for next year so they're bringing on extra staff at the same time they're saying hey can we uh, bump up the lead volume from what we're doing to can you 10X it? Like they're excited for the the growth that 2023 is going to begin or bring. Um, and they're, you know, wanting to diversify the where they're showing up online. So, uh, you know, how they're marketing the services that they're, you know, uh, marketing and also uh, what channels they're marketing on. So it, it, I think, uh, you know, while there is a, a hint of worry uh, in you know almost every client's <laughs> eyes as to what next year is going to bring. Um, there's also a, a, a huge uh, wave of optimism uh, going into you know the economy coming back. Uh, businesses get you, know, uh, you know a lot of businesses are seeing record growth. Uh, you know you look at the airline industry and uh, they're they're having some of the best times. Uh, we do a lot of work for uh, insurance clients and uh, they're having record years and. Uh, Looking at that, uh, you know, uh, basically a growth that they're 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 forecasting for next year. So, uh, you know, consistency is going to be important, and also uh, making sure that their marketing mix is uh, right for twenty twenty three is also going to be very important.
1: I imagine you'd be excused to think, you know, if you spend all your time on Twitter or you know watching the news, uh, that the the world's about to end tomorrow. But you know, that that's a weird position that we are in in the agency world. We get to work with more types of businesses at a variety of different scales, at least for our agencies. Um, that gives you a certain perspective on things of where, you know, you can <laughs> see some hints of, okay, you know, the economy is impacting some people. But then other people are, are jumping right in both feet. Um, you know, from from crisis comes a lot of opportunity as well. That's another perspective.
0: Well, I think it's a big company. Sorry.
1: Sorry,
2: what were you we going to say, Chris?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I th- I think it's mentality, and and I don't think that it's any different any other year. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, we've been in a, a weird economy that's been hard to predict. You know, whether it be you know all your staff wanting to go remote, or you know, you know the health system in your state or province is is making the correct or wrong decisions, and you know, it's just been wonky for three years, maybe four years for some industries, but. Um, the reality is, I think, I think there's some consistency in that there's two types of groups, there's two groups, there's those people that are growth focused, they're not going to just sit there, you know, waiting around, you know, holding their chips close to their chest, just waiting to, you know, I don't know, wait the storm out, hopefully cross their fingers, not lose market share, I mean, that's the second group, um, that first group is looking at 2023, and they're, they're not just teeing up their marketing mix right now. It's established, right? And they're taking that Christmas break to, to prime everything. And, and I think it's that difference of being proactive as opposed to being reactive. And I think that, um, you know, back to what we are talking about with the consistency factor, I think if you have that established in your market or in your marketing, pardon me, and in your business model, you never really have to be as radically reactive as
2: these things come up. Oh, uh, big time. I, I completely agree with you on that, Chris.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I we talk to clients, you know, Parnit, you're right, you're absolutely right about how, you know, the larger companies are, are kind of ramping up. Um, yeah. I always tell people this, you know, like the thing I love about my job the most, you know, talking to, like, Atrium doesn't have a niche. I, I, it's so weird to say that because most agencies hone in on a certain segment of, you know, an industry or whatever. Um, We don't have a niche. And so I talk to businesses in all these industries across North America. And I kind of have the ability to kind of get some insight across the board. And, you know, I will say this time in 2022 versus this time in 2021 or in 20, there is way more aggression. Um, Maybe aggression is the wrong word, but they're attacking the market. They're not sitting back. And they're looking at data. And they're trying to ask the right questions for the first time because they don't they don't want to be left behind like they were in previous years.
2: Oh, big time. And, you know, uh, this week has been a, a big planning week with uh, some of our enterprise clients. And in the same sentence where we're going to hear that uh, we can't keep up with the lead volume. Uh, I'm also hearing in the ex- exact same sentence that we need more leads and we want to grow and we want to take these steps to uh, get, uh, you know, the business uh even more revenue so uh it's it's a great time um for that growth and i, I think uh a lot of industries are gonna see uh, phenomenal growth going into uh twenty twenty three um and, and beyond you know uh, we're we're coming we've kind of crossed that uh the slowdown that we saw with uh, the economy stopping due to the pandemic and now it's you know uh, like the Roaring 20s, it's going to be, 2023 uh, I think is going to be a record year for a lot of industries, and people really shouldn't be uh, looking at it with doom and gloom, but, um, you know, what opportunities exist for their particular business to, uh, to grow.
0: Well, let me ask both you guys this, because, you know, it's something that we talk about with our team here all the time. You know, we're, we're talking about recession-proofing your organization, and, and that's going to be very different geographically for everybody you know, different industries are, are impacted differently, you know, maybe you're non for profit, whatever, but, you know, recession proofing your organization, like, what does that look like? How do you, how do you recession proof? And we could do an entire podcast series on this topic. I, I get that. But like, I want to ask the two of you, like, how, how do you as Jordan as a strategist in an agency, Parnit as a, you know, an agency owner, but also somebody who's a guru in ads, like, how do you Recession-proof an organization, especially when it's not your organization, you're the agency that's helping them do that. Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on that topic.
1: Like, like you said, this is a pretty deep docket topic, so I'm not going to cover everything. I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of a hot take here. So, you know, I've been doing marketing agency work for the last almost 20 years now, just shy of that. So during that time, you see ups and downs. Every you know three, four, five years, there's an up and there's a down in different markets and in different industries, sometimes across the whole economy. And the thing I do know is what doesn't work. What doesn't work to get you across the finish line when, when things settle out, or even when things are tough and you're in the middle of it, is doing nothing. That group that you were talking about that just holds their chips, or I call them turtles, they, they turtle in oh, and they yeah. just go they into their totally shell. Oh they And they, they try like to it. be safe because they're in their shell. Meanwhile, everybody around them that has a clue is eating their lunch. And then they come yeah. out later and go like, what happened to my lunch? Well, everybody ate it while you were in your shell.
0: Why am so, I ranking on page five now for all my main core services?
1: Exactly. <laughs> and it's an unfortunate thing. Like it's, it's. I think the the default for a lot of just human behavior is to be a little bit more protective when you're challenged. Uh, but in business, man, that, that's a risk that, you know, probably will not pay out well for you. So as marketers, you know, being attuned to that—that that, I guess propensity for people to be a little bit more shy with their their investments during these times—it's um, a bit of psychology game. You gotta really talk through people through this, but it's in their best interest. Even running an agency ourselves, trying to get yourself to be more aggressive when things are uncertain—it's um, a little bit weird. Um, working on an article right now called "Can a Business Have a, an Anxiety Disorder?" The answer is absolutely, absolutely it can. So, you know, while I, there are many ways forward to make the most of a situation like this, being, you know, turtling or, you know, holding your chips to yourself and just hoping for the best to weather the storm, probably not going to work out for you.
0: Well, the other part to that too is, is don't be a deer in the headlights, you know, where you're just standing there knowing that you should be doing something and staring at the problem and not asking anybody any questions like, this isn't a plug for us, or by any means, but like, go to people you trust. Go to agency owners. Go talk to other executives. Go ask people. Get out there. Don't stand there, and just look at your problem and not do anything just because you've never ever dabbled in marketing ever, or you know the market has shifted and you're just inexperienced. Like, I we've never lived in a day and age where we've had more information and solutions at our fingertips. Yet people. Don't look for it
1: and yeah. and look for people that contradict your assumption. Right? So if you're the kind of person that gets in that mindset of like, no, no, I'm just going to weather this storm. I'm going to rough it out. Um, find people that are doing the opposite and get curious. Why are you doing yeah. that? Why are you investing in your marketing? Why are you hiring people in a recession? And they may give you a really unique insight. Don't, don't, you know, huddle around other people with the, have the same idea as you and, and have a pity party together. You know find those opportunities and maybe they're wrong maybe they you know have some fall uh some flaw in their view and maybe they will make a mistake in those investments but get those conversations started you only benefit from them
2: yeah so. and uh, you know one of the things uh, that we're uh, actively working on with our clients is to uh, diversify their ads channels. So don't always rely on Facebook. Don't always rely on Google. Uh, let's always be testing different platforms, uh, different types of creative um, to, you know, really expand uh, your, your digital footprint. The other thing that we've uh, recently been focusing on, and, you know, all businesses should focus on this uh, if if they have the ability to, is if someone doesn't qualify for your a big service can they qualify for something else can we bring um, that person in on a smaller offer and get revenue in the door to uh, make them a customer and then down the road they may buy a a bigger product from you a bigger service from you uh, you know regardless of what your uh, what what your uh, hustle is or what you're selling to to the end consumer so you know, we're really yeah. looking at that for uh, for growth sorry
0: no no i interrupted you you know it's it's um You know, we just issued a uh, checklist kind of thing for 2023 for a lot of clients. And there was a lot of these similar points that we're making on that checklist. You know, but one of the things that, um, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about is, you know, often what happens when we're dealing with difficult times is those sales pipelines become longer because your audience is scared or your audience isn't ready or, you know, and, and, and that's different for B2B, B2C, you know, like we're heading into, you know, the end of December, obviously, like, toy makers are blowing it out of the water. But like, what if you're a valve company? What if you're an access mat company? What if you're a, a you know, in, in any kind of industrial service, you know, even for us, like, we've noticed the sales cycles a little bit longer, just being transparent. Um, so, you know, how, how you start, you know, recession proofing or an area that you can recession proof, start getting into things like like, like us, we're, we're, we're starting at H and we're like way deeper into podcasts, deeper into how we look online, deeper into our CRM and our automations, marketing emails. You know, really what you're trying to do is you're trying to not just protect your client base, but also make sure that you're reaching out and getting a little bit deeper. And so, you know, your growth rates might be a little bit slower than they were at this very time, like maybe the month, the quarter, whatever. But, you know, don't just try to grow by putting more you know logs on the fire necessarily be smarter and tackle areas that maybe you have control in and just think outside the box slightly and and you'll come up instantly with a list of four or five things that you can do that often often are free.
1: Yeah, I mean, I made my point not to be, um, you know, it's really going to be really easy for people listening to this be like, well, easy for you to say, Jordan, my clients aren't buying my product. So how am I supposed to invest? Like they're all nervous okay. and they're not doing this. Well, the first step is to realize that you're going to decide to be aggressive and to grow and to lean into these opportunities. The second is you do need to change something sometimes. That means you need to adapt to your customers and where they're at and change the offering like Parnit was saying, you know, maybe you have a modified intro product that you need to develop in this environment, or maybe you need to change the way that you're communicating or educating and moving into a longer buying cycle. Those tactics that you need to adjust Mm -hmm. into are part of just first making the decision to do something, then working through those problems one by one by one, because that's going to make the difference between those clients that are those customers. Sorry, those businesses that are doing Those activities are the ones that will succeed. The ones that are not working through those problems are the ones that are going to, you
2: know, wake up out of their turtle shell months later and and not have a business to run. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable uh, when you kind of start breaking out of that shell and start planning uh, on how to improve your business. But uh, you can't be afraid to uh, take risks. And, um, you know, if you're developing that intro product, you know, Go out there and develop that intro product. If you're investing into a new platform to advertise on, mm-hmm. you know, take take the baby steps. If you're, you know, going to go all in on social, go all, you know, start planning going all in on social. Take, you know, if December is a slow month, take December to do all the planning and then hit the ground running right after the new year. That's, uh, uh, you know, don't waste the opportunity to um, basically have the time to concentrate on your marketing mix.
0: Well, and I think what anyone listening to this will come to the conclusion of as well is that a lot of the time, the questions around, you know, how to recession proof your, your your organization is not just in the marketing department, it's operations, it's mentality, it's psychology. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of the times you have to just pump the brakes for a second, you know, point, pause, proceed kind of thing, you know, just, just stop for a second before you make that next move. Think a little, ask other people, look at at your at your analytics, you know, pop the hood. You know, a lot of the time the biggest growth doesn't come in monster chunks. It's increasing conversion rates through, you know, data analysis and heat mapping or something like that by 0.5% or 1% here and another 1% there. And oh, by the way, we increased our traffic volume by an extra 2%, which also impacts the amount of people coming through your conversion point. So, oft- often it's it's not taking market by tens 15s or 20 percents. It's 1% at a time. And over a period of time, those little steps turn into flights or turn into levels in a building, so to speak. You know, iterative changes add up over time. And I, and I think that starts with mentality as what you were saying, Jordan.
1: Excellent. Big time. Well, we, we, we covered quite a bit today. I mean, we went through consistency. We talked about the economy. Uh, we talked about your mom, of all weird things. Um, but Jordan, hey, we'll,
0: we're trying we'll to that solve to the whole world's problems in one podcast <laughs> we're trying to do. We
2: also talked about how Jordan cheated off of me all during middle school.
0: And your passion for Taylor God. Swift.
2: And my passion wow. for Taylor Swift. I'm still looking for tickets for this concert. Anyone? Well, talk to Ticketmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the the government
1: can give you a good line in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for being our first guest there, Parnit. It's, uh, you know, always great to get a bit of a different uh, perspective and also to pull us out of our agency world and Mm. our particular viewpoint and see things from a different way.
0: So thanks for doing that.
2: Thanks for having me. Delight. Awesome.